It is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. It's been Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. That's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's the name of our show. That's the name of our podcast. That's the name of our YouTube channel. We are on mutinyradio.fm right now. Who are we? Well, it's Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on once again. Let's watch a full-length movie. I nearly oh. forgot to put you on. I was so excited to talk about mutinyradio.fm, where we stream first every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make a habit of it. Go ahead and listen. Go to mutinyradio.fm. You'll find their feed. You could add it to your podcast player. You could just listen to it directly. And you could donate to their Patreon page or their Venmo page. Helps the station. Helps us. Check their, uh, their website out. Uh, great place. Great to be on. Carl, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube here on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Yeah, on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio. What's the movie today? Today we are watching Children of the Corn, 1984. Children of the Corn, 1984. A movie that scared me as a child. So that's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Children of the Corn. And we like Film Freak. That's the channel we like. Film Freak. You know, part of the premise of this show is that we see movies that I read about and no, never had I'm, a chance to see. I'm sorry. It's Movie Freak. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. It, the channel we like All is right. Movie Freak. Okay. Movie Freak is the channel. It is hosting the movie that we are watching today. We'd love for you to type in Children of the Corn 1984 and look for the version hosted by Movie Freak. Find that link, click it, hit pause, and move it to zero, zero, zero. We're going to have a celebrity comedian countdown that Carl has spoken to. It's going to do the countdown for us. And when they say go, go ahead and hit go. All right. I'm really excited, Carl, man. We're going right to the source. Uh, as I said, this podcast is about movies I've read about. 
I never watched a Children of the Corn movie at all. But I've read about them, so I'm really excited to go to the source. Back where it all started. Here's Carl with his Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Mike Morris. Welcome, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you did. Mike, we've been knowing each other a while. We met at Scotty's, uh, Scotty's Pub and Comedy Cove. And I read the credits when I bring you up. And mm -hmm. one of them is the Jay Leno show. Uh, no, is the Tonight Show. Now, you yes. wrote for them during Jay Leno's time telling you about I, it. I wrote it was a it was a, a wonderful thing because I could do it from home it was a freelance thing where you know they they hire me and I just every day just uh, in the morning sit at my little computer box and type out jokes send it to them by I think it was like one o'clock in the afternoon whatever it's you know it's early for them right and uh then that night I would watch to see if they used the joke or not and then you know <laughs> <cha -ching. laughs> and when they the, did yeah you get a charge out yeah, but then you get mad. You get mad if they don't use like a joke that you think is great. You're like, oh, <laughs> then you hear one that like they used that with the kind of sucked, you know, that was in the same vein. And uh, and, and worse is is yeah, and 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 you have this joke and you work on you craft it perfectly. You're you know working your 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 butt off on it and uh and he'll go hey you know here's the thing is there, uh there's a and he'll, he'll stumble over it and he's like you screwed it up jay and i'm yelling at the tell i'm yelling at jay leno through my television right because he screwed up the joke ah. and then he blames saying man that wasn't very funny well you screwed it up jay okay this <laughs> i'm having a dialogue yeah, with, uh, with tv jay leno so you've done a lot of writing for big time uh shows and I, you wrote a lot for comedy central the roasts uh tell me about writing for them i did well i started because i had uh, uh i worked for lisa lampanelli for uh, for a long time and and wrote her uh, helped write her her roasts uh sets for right. Comedy central when she was on and then i did for some other people on there too so it was always you know a a unofficial uh, uh, capacity. It was like people would, would call me, say, "I'm going to be on this uh, oh, roast. Yeah. I need jokes." And and again, I'm sitting at my little computer box in my underwear, writing and <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, watching it as it happens. So, uh, yeah, the, so it's cool. Great it's, visual. It's, yeah, the best is probably the the and the one you know usually you get used. And a lot of times there's guys I know, you know, that I've come up through the ranks with. They've gone farther up the ranks, but uh, uh, <laughs> but the best was for the. Um, which was the Alec Baldwin roast, and I got to write uh -huh. some jokes for uh, for De Niro, and uh, so Robert De Niro was doing my jokes, and that that was like, that's cool, man. <laughs> that's the charge. And, and yeah, and he's like, you know, this thing, that's him doing the jokes, and yeah, and you know, you're like, and 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 he's nailing them, and I'm like, yes, you're doing better than Leno, yes. <laughs> now, so, not yes, only roasts for Lisa Lampanelli, but you did other, you did a lot of writing for her. You opened for her. Tell me about that mm -hmm. relationship. I know she's retired now. Yes, uh, she uh, she's not doing comedy any longer. Um, but it was it was great, man. We had a great relationship, working relationship, and uh, I just uh, started writing roast jokes for her, and uh, she needed an opener, uh, and. So for, I think it was seven or eight years, I was wow. on the road with her just traveling around and it was great. I mean, like, yeah. that's not the life you, 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 you know, you fly out to Chicago, you do a beautiful theater, you stay in a nice hotel, 
and uh, you know everything is taken care. Of. You get the you know they're sending you to the uh, back and forth from the airport, and, uh, and I mean it was it was like being in show business there for yeah. a while. So and now here I am in comedians, <laughs> not in cars, talking to Carl. So <laughs> right, it's small time. Welcome. <laughs> Plenty of room in the middle. Plenty of room in the middle. <laughs> so, but that was great. It was great. She was a great person to work for. Yeah. Um, and it was when she was at the top of her game there, and uh, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was. It was. Uh, uh, I, I I do miss it occasionally. Now we just did a show together, and you brought all of the stuff for puppets in love, but you didn't yes. perform it. Now, now you know I love more than you puppets in love. Why don't you tell everyone, you know, how you, okay, just, he he plays a song, uh, he, he plays a medley of songs and goes through a, a relationship genesis, the hard times, the breakup, and the reuniting. How did you come up with this idea? And, you know, you've got the puppets, you know. Right. Well, um <clears throat> How it started was I I I write for uh, one of the people I write for is a ventriloquist, you know, and uh, you know pretty well known. And uh, he was looking for some new bits, and I I thought of this bit about two puppets who are having a relationship, you know, meet, have a relationship, have problems, and so I'm writing it for his puppets. And as I'm doing, and it kind of, it was one of those where when it comes to you really fast, and you so say you know it's good. And uh, there's like, so I, I just make a list of these like 50 songs and yeah. edit them all together. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, well, you know, at the time I was doing a bit with a Cabbage Patch uh, doll that I had taken the head off. And it was the, and so I have the body and it was just uh, uh, the first villain, uh, ventriloquist dummy for the hearing impaired. And I would just do, uh -huh. you know. And so, and so I had parents. that, so I had that and I'm like, well, you know what, if I get another one, and then put a little eyes on them so they have a faces. I can do it myself because this is really funny. So I had already told the guy about it. And I call him up. And I'm like, hey, I got some good news and bad news. This is a really funny bit. Bad news is I'm not selling it to you. <laughs> so I just started doing it. And it's a great closer. Uh, you know, it is. It's, it, it, yeah, it always, you know, it's always a people pleaser, as they say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did not do it the last time we worked just because of the the, the theater. People were very far away. Yeah, you know, the closest that's true. people were about twenty five feet or so, and it's that's really it's really a bit where you need to be there to invest in the puppet. Otherwise, it's some guy doing this, and you're like, what's he doing up there? Yeah, you really sort of emote with uh, your hands. You bring them to life. Great song choices. It's a favorite of mine. You know, and I was all hyped to see it, and it did not appear. And so I spoke with you after, but yeah, okay. So you yeah, and I brought it. I had it with me, and I'm looking, yeah. and I'm like, no, nah, this is not gonna. It's not. This is not the place that it'll work. So well, you close strong anyway. It's just that uh, it just. I well, well, I, I I told Carl before we started, just as we were getting ready to get started, I said, when I die, I will give the puppets that in my will to Carl, and, and then you'll carry on their tradition. It'll be like Gallagher, too. Is it a cassette tape? <laughs> it's a CD. I'm up to uh, the 2000s. You're up to CD? Yeah, this technology, you're going to be around a while. So you've got a long-running podcast. It's called The Miserable Men Show. and. Yes. It's been on different venues. You're still doing it today. People can check that out. Tell me about that. It started out, we were on um, on Sirius, on Howard Stern's uh, 101 channel, 
uh, 10, well, before, I think we ended 10 years ago. So it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and we were on for five years and, and did really well. And then Howard ended up taking all the original programming off of his 101 channel. Uh, so we were we were done. Um, but it was this, it's the same guys. It's Shuley from the uh, from Howard's show, uh, Reverend Bob Levy, great comic. Um, Brent Hatley, who was from Bubble Love Sponge uh, yeah. show. And uh, Mark Burns, who was originally a caller. He would call in uh, early on in the days of Miserable Men. He would call in and and uh, just do jokes. He would do a wrap up of the show from from his home. And he was such a funny caller. We said, come on in. And he came in and he was great and he fit well. And we ended up just saying, just keep coming in. And uh, he kept coming in because we didn't have to pay him. And uh, eventually he became part of the show. So now it's it's those. Uh, well, Brent wasn't on originally, but so it's the, the original four, which was us. And then Brent. And we have a great uh, uh, engineer, producer, Iso, who's uh, also part of the mix. And it's great. It's on Patreon. It's it's uh, politically incorrect. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, but it's funny and really dirty and weird. And uh, we just kind of, it's two hours every Wednesday. We just sit there and uh, virtually like this, and we just bust each other's chops and come up with topics and challenges and insults. And it's fun. Yeah. Now, the pandemic brought that back to life, you were telling me, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, we, we were just sitting around and I was talking to Bob uh, and he's like, you know, we should do that. We should do it. We should definitely do it. I was like, he's like, can you call Shuli? And I was like, yeah, I'll call. So I call Shuli. He's like, you up for it? He's like, yeah. So we saw all of a sudden we just zoomed conference called all of us. And we, and, and from right, as soon as we all got together in the same zoom, just talking, we were just busting each other's chops, you know, and I was like, I oh, worry, we got to do this again. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we, we uh, put a little bit of more production into it. Not much, but um you know, and now it now it's a, a finely oiled machine, and it's great. Uh, and it's it's for the price of an uh, a frou frou cup of coffee. You can yes. uh, watch us, uh, you know, four shows a month, and then there's another tier, which is a two frou frou cups of coffee. You can you can see uh, double these shows uh-huh. on Patreon. On pa- it's patreon.com backslash the miserable men show the miserable men show now how can people find you mike morse out there on social media out there on the internet um i well i'm a stalker so if you (laughs) i'll um, find you (laughs) uh, i'm on uh, facebook just mike morse uh it's a fairly common name as you have to look through and find this face um and then on um on instagram i'm insta mike morse and on uh, twitter i'm uh, mike morse says because i say things on gotcha and uh yeah i do uh, i i put jokes on every day i put character i draw caricatures every day because that's uh, one of my things i like to do a little hobby so uh there's a lot to see there m-o-r-s-e M-O-R-S-E, Mike Morse, like the code. Like the code, right? Now, Mike Morse, we're looking for three dots and a dash here because everyone at home is to poise to watch Children of the Corn with us as we see it here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Mike Morse, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, so we're going ready? I'm going to start on three, right? I want to get this right. This is my big moment. Three. Two, one, action. Very excited to see Children of the Corn. Yes, yes. Thank you for kicking it off, celebrity comedian. Oh, that was excellent. Celebrity comedian, that was great. 
I, I hope you had your moment of sun. But now, Hal Roach of the famous Silent Pictures <laughs> and New World are going to present maybe another silent movie. <laughs> well, because you didn't turn the sound on. Oh, I, I have the sound on. Oh, I had it on mute. Here we go. I had it on mute. But didn't you not hearing it give you an indication? Okay, never mind. Okay, as long as we hear I don't hear it's, it. Uh, I, don't, I hear I hear like a, the title credits are just basically Stephen King's Children of the Corn. You don't need music for that. And Hal Roach. Hal Roach is the reason this whole thing happened. He bought the rights to the book. It was a short story, actually. And uh, he's the one who's, I mean, it went on to have 11 uh, chapters, you know, 11, like, it was a franchise. Yeah. No, last, last year there was, in 2021, there was a version. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know the story was originally published in the 1977 issue of Hustler magazine? Really? That's great. Yeah. So people were like jerking, jerking off. Kids killing everybody because of some <laughs> demon corn. Children of the corn. Now, here we are before the trouble. Here we are in nice old Nebraska town. It's called Gatlin, Gatlin, Nebraska. And you see how nice it is. It's 1950s in the 80s, right? It is a great place. And by the way, if anyone from Nebraska is listening, we're so excited to do a film about your state uh, that's in your state. I'm looking forward to learn more about Nebraska and what a little town like Gatlin offers. Really now, thrilled. I gotta tell you about Nebraska and Gatlin. This thing was filmed in Iowa. <laughs> that's great. That's fine. I mean, it could have just been shot in Burbank for all I know. But, well, actually, some of it was, yes. But most of it is in three towns in Iowa. But why don't they just... Okay, they went to church. After church, they get to go out. But the right. wife and sister aren't there. He's calling because the sister has 104 fever. Wow, that's, uh, that's uh, a lot of storyline going on. And also the kid is narrating, right? Yeah, the kid is doing a voiceover. Now, I did see this back in the day. And this film scared the hell out of me. I was just a little kid. Right. Well, you, you, yeah, that's right, Carl. You, you were in the high school. So these are all like your friends in high school. You're like, there's Ricky with the hat, that little. I, you know, I think it was earlier than high school because my memories of it. Now it's 19, let's see, when it was released in 84. So that was my. Maybe I was scared in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to see it. Actually, I think The Thing came out in, like, 82, and that movie scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, The oh, look Thing. At that. So, so I could get these children want to kill everybody, but who's the waitress? Well, okay, that's one thing that doesn't make sense to me in the story. The waitress seems to be an adult. So, she, yeah, she's poisoning all the adults with the coffee. Which, right. Like, isn't that a typical day at Henson's anyway? Have you tried their <laughs> coffee? It's disgusting. Um, I'll have some water. 104 degree fever. She's drawing predictions of the future. Oh, there's Isaac. What a creep. Oh, what a creep. What a creep. Oh, yeah. my throat. Oh, goodness. Goodness. I can hardly breathe, I tell you. <gasps> <laughs> it's ironic because Blue Bunny ice cream is a real thing, and they had to recall their ice cream because of like cholera and shit. Isn't that great? Yeah. Look, they had weapons. If Clemenza can figure a way to have a weapon planted for me. Now, this movie is all based on that curvy weapon, right? The one you use to husk corn with? The one you yeah. scoop the seed? Is it the sickle? Yeah, is it the sickle. Spic is it really? What, yes. do, what does the Grim Reaper look, look, have? Oh, 
ham sandwich. I wanted a ham sandwich. But we uh, don't see it. And the reason was they had budget trouble. There was a lot of this film that was going to be more special effectsy, and they were going to show you more, but they yeah. couldn't do it because they got a they had to pay Stephen King right away, and they lost budget. So the budget went to Stephen King's cocaine habit. I guess <laughs> it's eighty four. All right. Does okay, Stephen so King show up? Is the teenagers like killed everybody. Right, including his dad, which yeah. is really sick. Does the narration? Oh, and look, she drew. She drew it. Right. How it says Henson's on it. Friendlies, massacre friendlies. Oh, <laughs> that's right. And this must be a horror Holstein's. movie. Holstein's ice cream. Yeah, right. Yeah. Remember so that in Bloomfield? Right. Well, that was where the Sopranos got shot at the end. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they shot the scene at it. Whether he got shot, I don't know. So this is the. You can tell it's a horror movie because the kids' cartoon drawings or murders are used for the opening credits. Right. Now, look how the S's are backwards. It was just stereotypical oh, kid. Yeah. You're writing full sentence uh, Bible quotes, but you get the S. For, right. Well, isn't there like a, there, there is a scene in this movie where she, she writes the man who walks the, in rows and the S is reversed. She was able to write everything else. It, yeah. The, it's he who walks behind the rows and they mean rows of corn. Oh, he is in that comic that makes a lot of noise in the back. Um, by the Me? way, Carl, I, I I haven't done a set in so long that I don't feel like I can even make references to comedy. So, how I'm lost since the beginning of the pandemic, you stopped doing? Oh, I did a couple. I, I performed at Danny Dutchie's okay. back in uh, last February. Okay, I did, I did Comedy Day. That was it. Very okay. rarefied gig, but that was my last live show. And. Are you missing it or? I don't know. I I feel like I'm doing it. Okay, so they present day. So it was right. like three years ago that the the whole town got massacred. Exactly right. Three years. And it seems like a lot of story in those opening credits. Like that was a lot we just saw. That's like a whole. Well, what we saw is there's a nicey nice town, and then right. all of a sudden the the kids killed all the adults. And it was under the influence of the evil eye of Isaac. That's what I'm saying. Evil eye of Isaac and then premonitions with crayons and adult massacres. That's a lot before the opening credits. That's a, that's an entire movie right there. If I was Stephen King, I would write, that would be what, 40 pages of bullshit? <laughs> yes. Now, right oh, now, hey. the director's making it seem like he was going to get stabbed or something. It was pretty right. well done. She's being seductive when the hand was in. She's like, hey, 30-something. Uh, why don't we do some 69 or something? And he's like, You're exactly huh? right. That's 30-something. Huh? And she's Linda Hamilton. Happy right. birthday. And it's not birthday. He has now graduated medical school. And he's about yeah. to be a doctor. Cool. Doctor. Wasn't he on Grey's Anatomy? He was on Grey's Anatomy. He was on Grey's Anatomy. Okay, here he is. Here he is. Peter Horton is his name. He pro played Professor Gray Shepherd on the television series 30-something. Yes. He was in yeah, St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere. Oh, I'm sorry. St. Elsewhere. He was in Eight is Enough. He was in The White Shadow, one of our favorites. And one of my favorites, Dallas. And he was married to Michelle Pfeiffer for years, for seven that's, years. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. But she probably got sick of that awful beard stubble thing he had. 
Like he doesn't he have can't a, speak for him. Ooh, he can't speak. I got you a cigarette lighter. It says okay. to my do- new doctor, here's a cigarette lighter. First criticism of the movie. You see that cigarette lighter, right? Yeah. That should have become the movie fart. At the end of this movie, it involves fire. And and he's given gifted a lighter. This, that, this? At the end of the movie, they go, oh, I can't believe we finally defeated the children of corn. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. God, I need a And that's a nice smoke. Woo! Woo! But he's a doctor, and her gift is a cigarette lighter that says, congratulations, you're a doctor. Yeah. Have a cigarette on me. Well, he is a smoker. 80s. Is he seducing him? I mean, No, God, she's but... doing a nice dance, like, no more teachers, no more dirt. It's some song about, like, school is over. Oh, a medical school. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he doesn't, doesn't she's, she doesn't have to sing and dance for him. He obviously is hungry. Mike, if uh, your spouse uh, like got her master's, you wouldn't say yay and make a celebration? Well, I would probably be horny as well. <laughs> she See? chose to sing and dance. That is her choice. Now, now it's another kissing and then uh, nothing. And she's like, okay, great, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll make some rubbish. <laughs> There's nothing inappropriate about what's going on here. No well, man is, or woman is being oppressed. Oh, no, no, exactly. She's just like, he pushes her aside. Doesn't get the hit. Oh, look at the time. Well, I better get going. I have doctor stuff I need to pack up. Well, no, they're on a road trip. Right now, they're on a road trip together. They're not uh-huh. married, by the way. But is they're he Doc on a road Hollywood? trip together to, yeah, it's a Doc Hollywood. He's going to his practice. Now, he'll be in an emergency room. Okay, that's where they're going, his first job. And yeah, it's uh, Doc Hollywood. He'll get interrupted along the way. Cars too. Cars, cars too. Yeah, I was going to say cars. You mean car, the first car is yeah, like cars car, two. Car. Yeah, cars two, they go to Japan. Cars one, he gets uh, look, astray. Stephen King book on the dashboard. Yeah, that's the night shift where the story is based on. <laughs> they could have uh, saved. Is it, they, is it? Yeah, it is. They could have okay. saved themselves a whole movie had they read the book while I'm on that. Who reads <laughs> in the, the front? Got born. That's how the Who, Carl, do you read it while driving in the passenger seat? Yes, I do. You do? You don't get car sick? Uh, no, because I know what's up. I know I'm doing it in a car, so I'm not trying to do it the usual way. You know what I mean? I guess. But I, I, I'm bouncing my head like this. Uh, you know what I mean? You hold it loose so that if the car goes, you go. The Night Shift had Lawnmower Man in there. Uh, and it also had Quitters, Inc., which is in the Cat's Eye anthology movie. Uh, and there was probably more, right, in there? That uh, Jerusalem's Lots. What was that about, Carl? I did not read that book, even though I yeah. did research this film. Okay, now this kid is, like, going to try to run away. Okay, he's going to try to run away through the corn. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Now that's Job and uh, Sarah. That's Job and Sarah, and they're like part of the story. Now, these are the kids that were innocent. He watched his father get murdered while eating a milkshake. Mm -hmm. And now in this post-apocalypse, adult-free lifestyle, they're pawns of Isaac and uh, Malachi. Malachi. And, and and he who live he who walks behind the road of corn. 
So he's going to make an escape now. Carl, have you ever seen the shark movie, Stephen Kang's Sharks of the Corn? Stephen Kang. You said you said that his father was eating a milkshake. He was shocked. He was chewing. He no, you're right. The, the kid was eating the milkshake. He was no, drinking, drinking, Michael. Drinking. He could have drank it with a straw. He took it out. <laughs> I'd be so fucking freaked out by that experience. Oh, man. I, the dad, he was drinking a sandwich, eating a milkshake. <laughs> oh, he was fucking up uh, salad. <laughs> Fucking up that salad. Uh, you see the cornrows, not right in this scene, but in many scenes, the cornrows are either fake or they're painted. You see, as they shot, the season changed and they all started to get uh, brown. Wow. Yeah, so they had to beef them up. Not right now. This is all legit. I would have I would have quit if I was a continuity person. I'd be like, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I'm not a fucking corn person. Now, this kid is trying to escape right where the demon lives. He's running through the cornfield. It's dumb. Oh, so so he's good. So we, we're aware of this demon. I didn't I didn't recognize it. Like, I've never seen this movie, but in preparation, I watched this movie, and I had no <laughs> idea. I just thought this dead kid just look, showed look, up. Look, you can see that the tops are... Oh, no, I might be wrong. It might be that yellowy thing when they... Anyway, the internet tells us that the the, the fields are going to change from, like, nice green to, like, old gray because of the length of uh, how long it took to shoot this. They use that old gray husk to uh, <clears throat> decorate their town. Uh-huh. All over the town, you'll find creepy corn husks. Like, it would be like the YMCA... And they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's for adults. Uh, let's put some corn husks yeah, all over that's it. That's right. Yeah. City Hall. Stay that strip club. Them. Like they go to this town strip club and they just put old corn husks. No adults here, no more. <laughs> if they're marking it like Passover. Well, they killed everybody. Right. It so already... They didn't pass over. They like passed in. Yeah, you're right. Because you marked to get passed over. Yeah, you put some blood on your door. So the, the angel of death will pass over Skip your house. Skip this house. Skip this house. You know, it's a, it's a pun of a holiday about, like, we're not going to massacre you. We'll get their neighbor. It's called <laughs> Passover. Get it? It's, it's a play of words. Pearl. Now, of course, he's going to get the whammy jammy because he's right in the territory. See that creepy spider? I never figured this out. I never made This never made any sense to me. I thought the kids got him. Well, yes, no. Malachi will now show up and slight and and uh, uh, sickle him to death. But does the demon show up in the earlier in this movie? What we're hearing right now is the voices of children in the corn. So it's like that's the demon. The demon is just the presence. We don't actually see him. Oh, oh, ketchup Look at that everywhere. Paint. Oh, the ketchup. Oh, the ketchup. Uh, why is this mustard? Well, sorry, boss. They were out of ketchup. No, you don't understand. <laughs> it's not a condiment. It's blood. Come on now. Are we shooting a black to... and white Super 8? No, you idiot. <laughs> um, um, the internet says the map is wrong. It's backwards. She's pointing at Kansas. I don't know. Do we care? She's pointing at Kansas? Hilarious. <laughs> Like, let's get now, out of this. This is movie. Linda Hamilton. Now, we saw her in Tag, the assassin game. 
We saw something else. We saw her in Terminator. We watched Terminator. We did watch Terminator. Oh, look. I know he had the kid. Dummy. I didn't want to lighten the mood by saying we were watching Terminator, but that just happened at the same time they hit the kid. But that so never they, aired on Mutiny because it's too long, right? No, it did air on Mutiny. It did air on Mutiny. Our Godfather one right. was too long. But that airs every night because it's on the night playlist, and which is random. So there's the always Godfather? a chance. The Godfather? Yeah, so we have a lot of episodes. If you listen to mutinyradio.fm, there's original programming with new material uh, episodes every week, but it's a 24-hour channel. So we have a you know, a iTunes list called the night playlist where it's all shows and it's usually supposed to be played randomly. Right. And we have like a dozen of our episodes, including the Godfather. Wow. And it plays the whole episode. Yeah. So the all Great. two hours and 45 minutes uh, will play wow. uh, three in the morning. Now, look, he's seeing that this kid didn't die because I hit him. This kid died because somebody sickled him. Sickled him. Now, didn't she have that little weird flashback where she was unconscious as he thought she was walking in the road? Yeah. So she goes up and, okay, they lied to Linda Hamilton and they said that child laws made it that they couldn't have a kid laying on the asphalt in the hot sun with a blanket over his head. It's just unreasonable. And Linda Hamilton said, oh, okay. Right. So then she thought it was a, a dummy, right? So when she's... When he reveals himself, it's genuine, her shock, you know, she, just like in the alien movie, when it came out of the stomach, they didn't know it was happening. Really? Happen. Well, look, so they're going to wrap this, I think it's they're going to throw the body in the trunk. And Not then yet, we'll, but yes. And then Carl, whatever happens to that body in the trunk, never hurts. Nothing. 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 It rots in there. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They you were know, trying the kid... to bring it somewhere and alert the police and say, right. take the coroner, take this. And they it never, never bury the body in sacred ground. They never give the body well, the soul. Well, they were a little distracted by a demon, Michael. Well, speaking of demons and souls, there's a soul in their trunk of their car the entire movie. They don't even right, bother to right. bury it. We're going to watch the film, and we're going to find an opportune moment in which they didn't do anything about we're it. We're going to watch this film, and they're going to get to the car, and the car's going to have old corn husks shoved in there by these yes. kids. But not the trunk's gonna, not going to even be open. No, it will never. Okay, so she's going to dream now, and he's going to find out that the blood on the suitcase he's going to find is yeah. fresh. So this guy just got killed. It hasn't coagulated or whatever the word is. And so like the murderer is close by. Oh, Malachi. Malachi. Now is that Malachi in Linda's dream or no? I guess yeah. no. It's kind of like that that uh, Death Proof movie from Quentin Tarantino where she's just hanging out in the car and her bad guy comes up to it. Yeah, were well, you talking about the one where his foot, her foot was out the yeah. window? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were in a park. Now, that was a creeper. You, I'm with you 100% there. That was a disgust. Okay, sickle, yeah. look. She wakes up, she thinks, but she's really dreaming, right? Okay, yeah, so she's dreaming while Mordecai is holding a knife at her? Well, Mordecai just goes away now. We won't see him again. Wow, so you're saying that might be a dream. Sarah Connor. 
yeah, this is her dream. She dreams she's getting out of the car. She's dreams she's walking towards the body. And then she says she's sorry in the dream. It's, it's he's <laughs> interesting. It's the movie's uh, oddly directed. It's good. It's good because there's not another dream sequence in this movie. No, there is not. Yeah. And also, there's other things like that. Like, like Brad, you know, staying elsewhere, he will be in a like uh in a school and he'll get this weird sixth sense that that linda hamilton's in trouble vicky's in trouble it it, it, it only happens the one time right you know what I mean? like we haven't it didn't unru- you know i feel like sometimes if there's a weird uh premise they can get away with the even weirder premise so if they say like okay here we wait, go wait. that's She's just a dummy really be shocked just a dummy Go ahead, Linda. Child labor laws. We can't have a kid lie down the street. In the, in <laughs> you know that, one. Linda. Whoa. <laughs> oh. I don't know. It wasn't so great, right? Well, it, he doesn't have his stubble yet, so it's easier to hug. <laughs> I meant the, the. I meant her recoiling. Her oh shock. yeah, no, yeah. Was she, it was authentic. They she did that. Act in alien. The director so the, did not tell him them that something was going to pop out of the stomach. Well, come on, William Hurt must have known they have like some practical special effects. Oh, like, I'm, of course. William he wasn't lay, lying on the table. He must have been like half sitting, <laughs> then with like a puppeteer in the other half. Mike, 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 Mike. There yeah, you go. It's yeah. Trunk. He was in on it. It's the reaction. The other actors, they didn't know it was going to happen. Dead kid in my trunk. So long, dead kids. See you next movie. Even the cinematographer is, is giving some distance from those creeps that threw a, a kid <laughs> in there. I don't know. I'm going to hide out in these corn stalks. But they're not creeps. They're going to take them to a coroner. Well, that's so that's the Mordecai hanging out in the bushes. Yeah, I guess yes. Oh, here's Ada's Enough House. Meanwhile, the Ada's Enough House. Now, it's forbidden to go into the eight is enough house or any house. But these kids, Job and Sarah, do it anyway. And they listen to records and they draw pictures and they play Monopoly. Play Monopoly and they play dress up. It's like a Stephen King book. So, okay, so you have a premise like, <laughs> all right, so you have kids kill an entire town, all right? Yeah. It's Village of the Dam. Love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, you know, as we used to watch it at, at church, it was Village of the Darn. And then they had... Uh, <laughs> uh this uh this preacher right but it's a 12 year old preacher okay that's that's the second thing okay i believe that this is and there is a monster in the in the corn house named he who walks behind the, the rose rose right okay yeah you're all right you're and and she has premonitions where she can predict the future right she draws it yeah okay all right okay yeah i mean Stephen king you're a great writer and i'll believe everything you write <laughs> But you put it on the screen, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> can't, can't something just turn evil? Like, can't they turn out, you know, like their car starts getting evil or their dog gets evil or the hotel right. they're saying it gets evil? And it's just like play out. the car gets evil, right? Yeah. That was a good one. I saw that. That's the, the guy who's out of ideas. He wrote a good uh, 9 11 story mm-hmm. about. Uh, a guy who uh, office gets uh, was in the World Trade Center. He wasn't there, and, uh, and he didn't die. Yeah, and then knickknacks from his dead uh, employees start <laughs> popping up around his house. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Where's Stephen King book? It's gone off the dash. 
Yeah. Oh, you know what? The director said, will you cut it out? All right. So here he has a cigarette. And oh, that's right. He smokes it like he's fucking 12 years old. And he's, well, he's not a real smoker. And he lit it with the gift. Now they're all, Linda's all freaked out. I mean, they just, you know, well, they didn't get a kid, but there's a murdered kid in their trunk. And you're saying they're not married, so she can leave at any time. I was simply saying they're not married. (laughs) Wow. So they spent a lot of money on the budget, right? Or they just drove around the cornfields going, okay, that's it. We're done for today. (laughs) The budget suffered from the... um, uh, Stephen King taking a cut up front. Yeah, but I mean, but this thing made a lot of money. They spent $850,000 on it. And they made like fourteen million. Wow, that's great! For yeah, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, you know this this movie. I mean, I everyone knows about the sequels. It's you said there's been twelve movies altogether. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Eleven. But do you know one of the this the uh, it was called Children of the Corn six six six. Yeah, that was, I yeah. got that one, and that that kid comes back in it. The the um not a kid, Isaac. Isaac. Well, there's Isaac on the right. He's yeah. the best. He's the best in this movie. This kid has more style than than anybody. Like, just a burn. Yeah. You know, he's completely... Look at him. He's all dressed up. He's all, like... I don't know. <laughs> a lot of shitty children actors in the world, but... Uh, well, he's Daniel. actually 24. He's 24 in, right now on the oh, screen. okay. All right. So, he's my shorts. <laughs> well, he's 24. He's great. You know, he quit acting after 9-11 because he was like, I want to be a teacher now. Do something meaningful, you know. Uh, he was in Leprechaun, which is, I don't know. Was he? Was he? Who did he play? That um, he, and he's our Star Trek connection. Um, he, I don't know. He was 24 years. He, Leprechaun, Space Chase. He would play Chucky in shots where the killer doll was seen walking. In 1988, Chuck, Chucky's Child Play. Wow. That's the first one. Um, in Children of the Corn 666, he comes back, but he co-wrote it with his cousin. That's great. Well, people must be bothering him all the time about this movie because he's so good at it. He was also cousin it in the Adams Family franchise. Oh, well, wow. I thought I recognized his face. <laughs> with all the hair. Yeah, and the, so the bowler he, cap. Um, he he quit acting and became an English teacher in Santa Clara, California. Um, oh, right nearby. Yeah. Oh, now now the radio station is not fun anymore. Oh, last thing, he's our Star Trek connection. He was on Voyager. Whoop de doo. Did he reprise the Clint Howard role of like the Brainiac kid? <laughs> right. So what's in the suitcase? Did you see the Clint Howard clip ever? Uh, I've seen the photo of him dressed up as Egghead. Well, yeah, he was an Egghead. Uh, It's a good clip. You should, you should. Uh, Well, well, I mean, I've seen him in interviews say, like, people come up to me and I'm like, it was just one episode on Star Trek. Well, okay. In that episode, there was like, a horrible, scary guy in a spaceship, and he was making a lot of trouble for the Enterprise. And then when they find him in the end, he's just this little kid. It was all like a, 
not a puppet, but a simulation kind of thing, you know? And he's like, he isn't a little kid. He was just a wimpy old man. I don't know how to describe it. You got to see it. Okay, now this guy is R.G. Armstrong, and he's a serious real actor. He's, you might know him from Predator as the General Phillips or Pruneface in Dick Tracy, but he was in Reds. He was in Heaven Can Wait. This guy's for real. I don't know what he's doing in this film. Hey, he's probably doing a day's work and get the fuck out. Yeah, it's 40 years career. He had to take some stuff that was a day's pay and get them. Right. He shot all his stuff in one day. He shot all his stuff. Wow. All right. All right. There you go. Called it. (laughs) But he's localized to this area. He's in a few scenes right now. So now what it is, is like, he doesn't say we got a dead kid, but he's like, we need to use your phone. Got no phone. You know. Right. The nearest town is three miles, but you better not go there, Gatlin, because they're religious folk. So 15 miles away is Harris fuck the bird or something. You know, you ever see the movie Cabin in the Woods? It came out maybe like eight years ago, whatever, 10 years ago. Cabin in the Woods? No. Yeah. I? So, yeah, you should check it out. It's so yeah. these these kids, these teenagers go to a, a cabin in the woods. And oh, it's called harm- Cabin, not Kevin. No, no, nothing to do with Kevin. Cabin. It's cabin in yeah. the woods. <laughs> C-A-B-I-N can wait. Oh, cabin can wait. Stuff? Yeah. <laughs> cabin in the woods, but they they do a take of the crazy guy in the gas station right before the cabin that mm-hmm. the, the kids always drive up to. There was this great movie with John Stewart in which they were mistaken as hicks. Like the, the was it there? There were teenagers right and and they were gonna like go on a trip and it was all a misunderstanding you know like tucker and dale versus evil maybe (laughs) maybe it was a lot of fun i don't trust this dog oh i better check will the dog die.com well he definitely dies and he you know like the corn is mad for some reason and and old man is like i didn't tell him nothing and the dog will go to like fuck with them and get killed. Now they were going to have a severed dog head, but because of budget constraints, uh-huh. they just have a bloody bandana. Did oh, right, because he was wearing a bandana. I was wondering why that dog was wearing a bandana is to kill it. <laughs> okay, like, children come on of, back, Ruski. Does the dog die.com? Children of the Corn. He dies. Oh, you know, I think I I have to wait for it to stop buffering. Okay, here we go. Does the dog die? Yes. 38 people voted. The dog runs off camera, and as soon its bloody handkerchief appears on top of a car. (laughs) Now, they're going to Hemingford, right? But as they drive towards Hemingford... It's going to say Gatlin closer and closer and closer. They went the other way. So for some reason, they're driving to Gatlin now. So some must have just made these signs and just posted them. Just a fuck with them. Did they get the wrong, wrong address? No, but it's more. And then they're going to wind up right back at the gas station where they started. It's like the demons got them looping around in a circle, trying to get them to Gatlin. Oh, I got you. But there'll never be anything else like that in the whole film. I I thought the kids did it, like set up these signs so they can trap adults for their little rituals. 
No, these guys are not welcomed and not expected. They're called the interlopers, the outs, outlanders. They're outlanders. The outlanders. Yeah. Hey, outlander. Hey. Right, because the outlanders are the ones who show up during the seasons, like during the summer and stuff. But the uh, well, they're there all year round. There was a South Park in which these two people come to an abandoned town with only kids, and they they do the they do some of the lines like Outlander, we have your woman, she still lives. <laughs> we have your woman. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. No woman, it's Linda well, Hamilton. They, they talk. They talk religiously in this. He is who doth it have it the woman. Oh come on, he's like Seth. What are you guys? Oh, he's talking to the demon. Yeah, he's saying I didn't tell him nothing. You know that I didn't break our agreement. They they keep him alive because they want the gasoline. I kind of don't get it, but they keep him alive. They didn't kill him, even though he's an adult, because he gives he gets right. them gasoline. But he doesn't really care. He's just there with his dog. It isn't until they show up, he's like, oh, now I'm scared of your wrath. <laughs> well, somehow, like, the demon's angry at him because he talked to them. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but that's what it is. Now he'll find the bloody rag instead of a dog's head. <laughs> but it so does mean gross. the same thing. Your dog it's, is dead. You know, we we killed your dog, and then we opened up the hood when you weren't looking, and then we threw in the bloody thing in there. Well, not we. You mean we like the kids? Because yeah, I think well, this is all the demon. It's unclear to me, Carl. Understood. Feel, it feels like that. Well, I guess there was no fingers in the bushes when from the camera angle, right? They do the. That's right. They made the wind go, and right. they, there was a lightning and a thunderous, you know. But there was no kids involved in there. You don't now, see them scurrying. Kids will be involved in a moment because Malachi's going to come and kill him, and that makes uh, he who walks behind the corn angry with Malachi. They need his gasoline, apparently. Malachi just likes to kill, kill, kill. He does yeah. again. It's like, well, we killed all these adults. We killed a librarian. Why can't I go ahead and kill uh, this guy? Tone it down. You ever shish a librarian? <laughs> Can we try it? Uh, hello, welcome to Montclair State University Library. Uh, I'm your librarian, Mike. Okay, I'll be the librarian. You be the person. Okay. Oh, all right. There, there is no smoking in the library. <laughs> Hang on, I'm almost done. I haven't had a stogie in a long time. No, you're supposed to shush me. This was oh, your joke. I oh, think yeah. you forget. All right, right. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, you you were funny with that. All right, go ahead. I ripped what you said. I didn't say the joke. I t I took it to a, the open mic and it it killed. It killed. You're my best writer. You're better than me. You're better than me, Mike. All right, go ahead, go ahead. So you went to the library, and yeah, uh, right. it's your okay. joke. Did oh. you ever shush a librarian? Like one time, I was in the library, and the librarian came right up to me, and she said, "Sir, there's no smoking in the library." And I said, "Shh." Love it. Just kidding. Well, I also have a. You know how you can ask a librarian anything. Mm -hmm. I went up there and I said, "Can I use your microwave?" And they told me to get out. And I said, oh, is it because it's that noisy one with the timer? With a tick, 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 tick. I, it, it, the dings, that, you can't use that. 
Okay, I'll have to rewrite that for the open mic, but I'll try. No, no, I think what you said was funny. And if I said it and gave it to you and you used it and it works, then don't let me get involved in it. Oh, Mike, I'm always stealing from you. Always. <laughs> I have so many jokes. Hey, it's yours. good. I haven't been on stage. At least my material's out there. No, you remember that video I made once with all of yeah. your jokes? Yeah, I love that. The one that you didn't write, but you did. But since that time, there's at least another five minutes of only Mike Spiegelman jokes. Maybe I'll I took, do that again. I took two jokes and I combined them together and I also took out the Polish references. Mm. So uh, I went into this uh, uh, store and I said, I'd like to have a, uh, uh, a, a bologna sandwich with mayonnaise and pickles. And the guy says, are you Polish? I go, why? Because I like bologna. <laughs> he goes, no, it's a dry cleaner. So that, that's oh, the joke. Oh, this is a dry cleaners. All right, all right. Okay, so you, they're right back where they started again, driving through the fields, trying to get off the highway. It, it's it, The spirit is like keeping them there, which doesn't make sense because he doesn't want them there. It's I never got a sense of that. I never got a sense of that. I just thought like, uh, I thought the kids set it up as like, like because they get stuck in the corn and I thought it's like a corn maze and, and, and technology. Technology. And the technology. You know, when you compare something to another thing, it's an analogy. analogy. It's an analogy. So right now, Bryce, a Bryce University graduate in English. Wait, where'd you go to school? I went to Montclair State. I went to Brandeis University. Brandeis, Brandeis English, yeah. English graduate. That was last century. It is analogy. That was, that was last century. Look at this. So he's 24 years old and he's like playing a 12-year-old hellbound creature. Yep. He's killing. He's killing. He's the best part of this movie. Right now, he's given the, the preacher's talk. You know, it's a sermon, essentially, but it's like happening in real time. He just got talked to by God, which isn't really God, as we know. Yeah, so that's the last adult there has turned into a skeleton. So the interlopers are coming. Yeah, it's the, well, it's, no, he is the cop who originally tried to, like, burn down the field when they first started killing, you know. Oh, and gotcha. They, yeah, so he's three years old, rotten up there. He's a special sort of like religious thing. This is what happens. You try to kill the demon. Oh, you get crucified, and then your clothes remain the same, but your body turns into a skeleton. Right. A lot of these kids are locals to the Iowa towns. Yeah, you can tell they're still at the 4-H uh, ribbons on them. <laughs> and there's um, a... There's scenes where like the demons like burrowing through the ground and it's like Boy Scouts, local Boy Scouts in Iowa, like dug the trenches. Wow. Anything for this movie. Yeah. One, one thing I noticed about this movie is how cavalier they are with knives. Like, you know, it's like the kids will be sitting there with a knife and they're holding the blade. <laughs> yeah. You see it right behind the, uh, Isaac? Don't point at me, Isaac. I don't know if they're all props and they're just like, have fun, kids. But they got a lot of weapons on them. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're like rubber. Right? Rubber. I mean, it's a, it's a film. Where are you going to get a rubber sickle prop? The rubber sickle prop store. It, oh, the one in Iowa? <laughs> but Sioux City? Listen, I bought rubber knives. Tom Crowley used to have a lot of them when he would film. Yeah, I remember all the rubber knives that, especially <laughs> the ones that would like when when contact they would like recede, so it looked like you were getting stabbed. 
listen, if you needed a rubber, Tom Kroll was was the man. He, 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 that's the place to go. He was the drugstore of Montclair, New Jersey. The pharmacist, we called him. <laughs> oh, corn. So the basically now they're rolling into Gatlin and they're like, fucking nobody's here. There's no welcoming committee. Sell a corner. Right, there's no Terminators there. But there's a lot of corn stalks everywhere we'll see soon. Oh, see, there's the little kids. With their sickles. Yeah, they all have weapons. It's so cute. It's so cute. (laughs) And he just said, here, here's a bunch of props. Go go crazy. Hopefully props go crazy. So, um... This um, Hal Roach Studios bought the rights, and Kingstart himself wrote the script for it. Oh, great. They hated it. They hated it. Okay. King's script started with 35 pages of Bert and Vicky arguing in the car. <laughs> oh, how great is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, so, wasn't that The Shining? No, they were happy in the car, right? Well, it, no, but 35 pages, Mike, a, a film... A script a pages a minute. You, they they had so much happening before the opening credits. Like, would, I wouldn't mind a little pacing. Wait, Slow you want to argue now? Just I, you're so contrarian to me. Just because I say something, you want to argue, right? That them arguing in the car for 35 minutes is a better <laughs> film than this. It's called Children of the Corn, and I would just want 35 minutes of that movie where they don't talk about children or corn whatsoever. You'll get it in the beginning when they're arguing. Okay, so um, Hal Roach said, fuck that, no way, and he hired a guy named uh, Goldsmith. And this guy, George Goldsmith, wrote uh, Horse Five, Nowhere to Hide, I don't know, Hill Street Blues episode, Hot Child in the City. I, I don't know. He didn't write films you've heard of, but uh, he was a pro. And he I've tried heard of to... Hill Street Blues. I've heard of Hill Street Blues. Out of all of them, I've heard of Hill Street Blues. I've and... heard of Hill Street Blues. I've heard of Hill Street Blues. <laughs> well, he wrote one of those. Oh, yeah, which one was that? The one where, let's see, the chief has a drinking problem. It's the one where it starts with the theme song. It goes, you're watching Hill Street Blues. So now they're trying to find somebody. They're trying to find somebody. They want to say, look, we got a dead kid in the car. He was murdered. Please take him to the coroner's office. And they also have blood on the the front of their car that the the mechanic noticed. (laughs) The mechanic did notice. He didn't yeah. say anything. He's like, you guys, you, no, he did. He said, you guys better keep driving. Like before he told oh, him to go to. that's why he said it? Yeah, they, they had a glance and there was like red ketchup all over the yellow car. Mm-hmm. It looked like a hot dog order. That looks like a taxi, right? Yeah, it's a monster of a car. All, all the radio has are just preachers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Hey, um. Okay, they saw the like door close on this house. So it's here's somebody. Let's at least use their phone. Right. Should we park this close to the, the tree? I'm a little on the fence about that. <laughs> You're yeah, should we park so close to this fence? Well, I guess we're on the fence about that. 
Ooh, let's see. How dirty, right? Does he recognize the cameraman on the other side? Uh, the internet tells me there's lots of that in this film. Continuity things like you see people from the set uh, in the reflections. Yeah. But I've seen this film. This is my fourth time, and I did not notice any of that shit. There's also boom mic sightings and stuff. I missed them all. He does a lot of interesting things. Like we saw the reflection of uh, a lot of the action on car windows and uh, mm -hmm. scraps of cars' windows, these windows. So the guy who wrote the film that said that uh, this is a metaphor for the Iranian revolution, the takeover of the town by quasi-religious zealots acting for an evil god based on the Ayatollah Khomeini and his revolutionary guard taking over Iran, Burton Vicky became analogous, analogous to the American hostages. Exposing the dangers of uh, evil religious fundamentalism. Shit, you just can't have a single movie in the 80s with some weird politics attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, there's Jiffy Pop, untouched. Cool. Yeah, it's just on the stove. I'm about to make some Jiffy Pop. Uh, well, uh, I did that once with my kids, you know, because they would do yeah. the microwave one. So I said, oh, like when I was a kid, and we did it once, and they're like, wow. And then they were never interested. Nah, just get the microwave stuff. Yeah, it's a big ordeal. Oh, it's great for camping trips. I had a fond memory of my father going out to Jiffy Pop on one of those, like, you know, state park uh, yeah. uh, barbecue pits that they have, uh, little setups, and he put it and it just burnt the fuck out of it almost immediately. Like, it just turned <laughs> into this big black cloud. It was great. <laughs> like, it went boom, like a pimple. Like, it was so much heat. <laughs> and he just threw it away, you know? He just let it cool and so now they're going to come upon Sarah. Okay, so these are the Monopoly kids. Yes. This so, is the this is the crayon girl from the beginning of the movie. Yep. Sarah. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Which was this? 84, 82 was the Terminator? Uh, 84. I don't remember. You you could be right, it's 82, but, but it was like on the earlier side of the 80s, yeah. Yeah. She's good in the last uh, uh, Terminator movie. Dark that was Fury. a terrible film. That was a terrible Yeah, but she was, she was good in it. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, she that did. Was a good, it wasn't a good movie, but she got She kicked ass, and she was like kind of the center of the film. I liked Terminator Genesis. Many people did not. I thought it was really action-packed and good. Oh, look, so, all right, so check this out. So there's all these murders, kids draw murders. He's like, huh, he <laughs> who walks behind the rose. What about the murder pictures above it and to the right? That, don't have time for it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. His eyes, yeah, there's a guy with a knife in his head <laughs> now. Yeah. He's just like, oh, whatever. Nice Weird. museum. Weird. I guess they didn't have any room on the refrigerator, so they had to put the paintings in this room. Sarah Connor. No, I'm just Sarah. Sarah, Sarah but, of the but corn. He looks like Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. No, not in the. I'm Vicky. I'm Vicky in this film. She's like a badass in the last one. She's got like a motorcycle jacket and a motorcycle. Yeah. She's got like goo goggles and she's all, let's go, let's ride. <laughs> now, 
she draws pictures that predict the future, and she's going to draw a picture of uh, Vicky getting hauled away by the, you know, the kids. But we don't see that until after it happens. I think it would have been much better in the script if we saw it before. Oh, much better for Bert and uh, her if they saw it now, Victoria. Because she does see it ahead of them kidnapping her and she goes what is this but we as an audience don't see the picture till after they didn't make a big deal out of the picture but they do that horror thing where like the all the kids know they're coming you know like the victims don't know realize that everyone's been waiting for them to show up and they show up and they all you know like what what who are you and like yeah we knew we knew an adventure coming so you're right this is one of those films the, uh, Job and Sarah do know that. Well, the kids too. Isaac was like, "These kids are coming." According to this crayon picture, these kids, these they're driving a yellow car with a happy sun above them. That's right, and happy corn stalks, and happy corn stalks, and little bees. This we can't have, right? Little bees, cute. <laughs> the nice, beautiful. Oh, and then like rip bloody knives and smiling waitresses. I think the waitress might be Rebecca, right? There's a girl who later on who like attacks them. Yeah, she's got curly hair. And the her attack at the way end of the film was tacked on. It was never in the script. The director's like, we need something more. We need a one last punch. We need one last scare. And they right. just wrote it. They had the Terminator pop up out of, like, he thought he was dead. And he comes back out. So he's like, you stay here with her. I'll go find, he says he's going to town hall to find a phone or something, but he never goes to town hall. He goes to the no, school. He does. He, I think he does go to town hall. He wasn't in the, in the school? No, that's, I think that's the municipal building. He walks out and it says town hall. Okay. Oh, it says it? Oh. Okay. We'll have to check for sure. It's coming right up. What a lousy record player. I, yeah. <laughs> the, needle, the handle's right down. What, did you ever have a record player where it was spin, even though you don't have the needle? Well, the handle's yeah. at rest. It's just not play. There were those cheap record players in which it was, yeah, it didn't sense it from the, the arm. You know, you had to just turn it on with the, yeah. with the toggle. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's a kid's one. Oh, yeah. For old-timey kids, like 1950s. <laughs> look at her dress. It is like that. Oh, I'm going to draw. Look at this. Like, look, people with see, a gun. See? See? Galen's. All right. Galen's school. Strange. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. He said he was going to the municipal building. But he's looking for the kids. What the hell are all those corn stalks doing everywhere? Oh, man. This looks like Montclair High School. These guys have had three years since the initial killing of the adults to like fuck around and put right, cold stocks right. They go to all the towns. So now he's left the school. So maybe he ends up at the municipal. He goes to the church, right? And then all these little There's blood rats. Rebecca. Children of the village of the damned. Creepy little kids. Malachi's coming with the sickle. To Linda Hamilton. That sequel got so much play. I think that's probably why there's so many sequels. It just kind of clicked. Makes me sickle. Yeah, in all the ad, um, in all the ads, you would always see the sickle against the corn husks. 
Right, because they'll say children of the corn. You go, oh, that sounds creepy. And then they'll be like a sickle. You're like, oh, yikes, you need a sickle <laughs> to cut corn. I didn't realize it could be used as a weapon. Except for the Grim Reaper, I guess. He, didn't, he doesn't have a sickle. He's a specter. And the Soviet flag. Yeah, he's got, right, he's got another harvesting tool, but it's super long, right? right. And it's That's what he reaps. He reaps yeah. souls. Oh, reaps yeah, so he's the reaper. He's reaping he's not wheat. It's wheat. Oh, look both ways before crossing the street. <laughs> Even though nobody lives there. So that's not like Hal Roach Studios where they shot like all these uh silent movies. Uh no, there were three towns in Iowa. Uh, I have the locations here somewhere. And um, there were some in ca in California. Oh, these little kids are all like, there's only a dozen kids, but they're all like right where the cameras are. Yep, they used them. Here it is. It's Hornick, Iowa, Whiting, Iowa, Salix, Iowa, oh, wow. and Sergeant Bluff, Iowa. So maybe he's in the municipal building now. He is. He is. This town hall. Here comes Joe. Notary. I guess the phone doesn't work. Now he's going to have that like psychic experience when he knows that uh, Vicky's in trouble. There's Job checking him out. Right. So Vicky's like a mile away and the kid he needs is right behind him. And then he's going to say, I have to go a mile. Oh, and there's the kid I need. Let's go. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it isn't time for the kid. Oh, they really defaced that town hall. They had three years of uh, fucking around. Right, that's right. What else are you going to do as a kid? Well, I mean, they must have oil paint other than crayons mm -hmm. to paste that painting so well. So Linda's like, I mean, uh, Vicky's Vicky. like, what are you drawing? I drew you. Let me see. And then she goes, what is this? You know, she's like scared by the picture or or disgusted maybe, but we as an audience should see it now before it happens. He's like, look at that. Like, well, this is the first time they realize she's been drawing murder paintings. Oh, that's why there's murder paintings on the wall. <laughs> now been drawing murder paintings. Uh oh, oh, they hear somebody. And it's Malachi and crew. I don't want to subscribe to Grit Magazine. <laughs> We've come to set you free. Okay, here he is. He's going to have his, like, like he said to Linda, you're safe. It's a weird, but you're safe. Something like that. And then he's going to hear that over and over and go, she's in trouble. Run back. Did they really, these kids paint no false blood, gods in blood? No. Blood? Yeah. And they, they paint use the blood of cops. These kids are sick. Yeah, they are. This guy would go on to have uh, other success, but he would never outlive his performance here. So scary. As a matter of fact, one time, Isaac freaked out a lady. Uh, they were in a restaurant with friends, and this lady, like, freaked out when she saw Isaac and ran out really? of the diner or the restaurant. That sounds and like you when you were a kid. And then she came back in a little later and talked to the manager and said she wanted her seat moved, her her and her girlfriends moved to another location where they couldn't see Isaac. Really? Well, now, just, that, you see the lamp, she just, that there's lamp. There's no was, cord. There were there's blanks. No cord. 
They were those were blanks. Oh yeah, because there's no uh, cord attached to the wall when she That's threw it. That's right. You're not gonna have a loaded lamp thrown at a guy. Uh oh. Good acting. She does a good job here. Uh, the little girl. Oh, Linda Hamilton's feet. I'm not doing this movie anymore. Oh, the hell you are. That little girl would go on to become a psychologist and be a teacher in a college. She got a PhD. Nice. Yeah. She was also on Full House, and she reprised that role on Fuller House. She was on a lot of stuff uh, as a little girl, and then she just said, I'm going to college. Right. Sarah Connor. Children of the Corn. So, so Children of the Corn was like 84, now, and then the wait, sequel was 93. Did you see how we just saw the picture, though? Yeah, that's right, finally. Right, so that's the thing. They missed an opportunity there. They didn't show us as the audience with, like, creepy music, creepy music, like, she predicted it. I think it was a waste of opportunity. Now, this, we, this scene we learned, don't shake the baby. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, when it comes to children actors, you should just, oh, so is she dead? No, she's being sacrificed. She's it's Midsummer all over again. Midsummer. Midsummer. Now he's learning, like, he who walks behind the corn is, like, angry at Malachi for killing the old man. And uh... Don't you recognize Malachi from Back to the Future? Yep, he was in it. Yep. He had like a Davy Crockett hat, beaver cap. See, he Navy. would never go on to do another role in which he was a big deal. He would go on to do roles like that. You know, he would be in films. Yeah, good for him. Last night I met a guy like that. Um, his, his name was Lenny, and he, you know, I he was in a bunch of mil- movies, you know, but he was always like that. He's a working actor. You really don't know him, but you know him when you see him on screen. Right. That's what well, Malachi would go on to do. That's cool, because he has such a unique look as a kid. It's nice yeah. to see that. Scary looking. Not necessarily scary looking. He kind of looks like Fraggle from Hard Bodies. He was in Hard Bodies. He was? Yeah, He's I Fraggle. Can't... That's where I know this guy. He's Fraggle okay. from Hard Bodies. You remember I told you that I printed out uh, the cast and one page. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's on that page. So we watched Hard Bodies too, which is famously not I mean, nothing to do with the first one other than the characters of the first one. Uh, the second one is they're filming a teen sex comedy in Italy, and the name of the characters are the name of the characters from the first movie. Right. <clears throat> and the actors kind of mix and match. You can't really tell what's real or not. Oh, look, look at this. So this is open for him like a door like moses and the parting the red sea that must have put some budget in that and now it's going to close so the corn saying you know he who walks behind the corn saying come on in buddy gotcha the twin peaks ship so he is off to find vicky because he now realizes they took her oh in the in the field now, in it, yeah, because he saw the picture, something we didn't get. They they wasted an opportunity. But nonetheless, we, every time, every scene in a, okay, look, 
they were going, they were, you see how there's no cleavage there? They didn't have budget. So. Oh, right. So they yeah, they had, yeah, they didn't have cleavage. Don't you think like as an actor though, to be tied up a crucified, like this is pretty much like, I, I would, I'd be like, I did it. You assholes. I hope you got it. I'm done. I don't know. You, you often go there with like the, the actors oppressed or something. No, you, but know? I mean, you don't think it hurts being crucified? Yes, I do. But I think it's also a movie and they probably aren't really hanging her there by, you know what I mean? She's on a seat or something, you know? Now, this is so out of the blue. Meanwhile. Yeah, that's right. Meanwhile. Right. All the actions going on in the cornfield. But and remember, the the our Isaac's not there leading it. Rachel's leading it. It like kind of doesn't make sense that they would be separate. Right. They're all together as a community. And it's his turn to get die. Right. At 19 years old. Right. Oh, so that's he's marking it in his own blood. Right. Exactly. One thing I noticed about this film is that Knife knife wounds don't really hurt people ultimately. Well, he you're right, because he's about to get stabbed by Rachel and he'll be fine for the rest of the movie. We do get to see not only this 19-year-old boy's chest, but uh Peter Horton gets his shirt off a couple times. Yeah, the producer said if I took my shirt off, they'll put me in the movie. So you see the waitress? Yeah, she's the way. Maybe, maybe we never see the waitress's face. And remember, I was saying it's weird than an adult. Right. But also, the waitress looked like she was five feet tall. Right. So she goes, Go get Isaac. And she goes, No, wait, go get Malachi. Because she knows he'll kill, she'll, Malachi, yeah, Malachi kill. will kill him. Yeah. Okay, I'll wait for Malachi. So, like, you know, uh, he's getting indignant now, saying, you idiots, you know. Oh, yeah. Rewriting the Bible one page at a time. It, yeah, nope. but it, they're still going to kill him. It's like, uh, he slams down the Bible. Bible pile. Oh, whoa. Whoa, Get whoa, whoa. Get back. No touching. No touching. These guys wow. all die pretty young. Oh. All died at 19. They're all Gen Xers. Mm. I guess they're, they're old Gen Xers, 62. Old, old. If you were born before JFK, then you're, you're a boomer. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, but so these, yeah, you're a Gen Xer. I thought 66 was the cutoff, but I think you're right. It's 64. 64? Yeah, I mean, 66 makes more sense. Well, see, I'm 66, but I'm definitely Gen X. Right. So, okay, so he's stabbed, but he'll right. be fine. He's even fine right there. You see, sometimes he's got a bloodstained shirt, and sometimes he doesn't as he's running. Well, all you have to do, I learned this in the movies, if you get stabbed, is you pull the knife out. And, and then it'll be okay, yeah. It'll, it'll close up. Yeah, like it's not going to make it worse or, or going to cause more problems. That's sarcasm, what our lawyer is telling me. Get the Outlander. Oh, he tripped Ooh. up his feet. Run. This time we're doing it with the bloodstained shirt. Go. Yeah, right. 
So this is the nicest town vacated themselves for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Not even a plane in the sky, right? Right. Outlander! He's at Kirby's Market. Hey, mister, if you go into Kirby's, can you buy us some beer? Right. We'll give you the money. We'll be right out here. Uh-oh. They got him now. It's There's a Star Trek episode like this. It looks like a Star Trek episode with the colors. Yeah. Outlander. There's this, there's this uh, Star Trek episode where there's a, like a virus and it kills you when you get to a certain age. So they come to this town that's like empty except for kids. And that was 1967, I think. So in uh, in Hard Bodies, these three guys want to get laid. So they find like a Lothario who convinces them like, do what I do. And with this pad you guys are renting here by the beach, we'll have massive parties. And their buddy Frankel comes and hangs out and drinks beers and falls over the ledge. Like it was, it's a great movie, classic. Hard Bodies. I yeah. will watch it. We've and seen Hard Bodies movie. too on this show. Just right. it's really awful with James Caron. Where's my little sheet of movies? I recently saw that movie because my brother had a, a DVD of both movies. Oh, wow. That's a real difference, right? It's right. Double feature. But I mean, Hard Bodies 2 is just pales. Yeah, there's there's none of this guy. There's no Mordecai in, in 2. So now they're going to have like a standoff thing, but nobody dies. Oh, no. I'm sure Mordecai has to get his comeuppance later. Um, 11 films in the series. It spawned more sequels than any other Stephen King film. Right. Franchise um, film, cult, a rap group with the name Children of the Corn. There's lots of places in music where Children of the Corn is referenced. I just, sure. What about all the kids from the band, the Corn? Right. Yeah. There's a Corn song. Let me see. Children of the Corn is a track on the 1998 Corn album, Follow the Leader. Um, is it Children of the Corn or is it Children of the Corn? Uh, it's with a K. Yeah, okay. And the final verse of Kendrick Lamar's 2001 song, Mad City. Kill them all if they gossip the children of the corn. They're realizing an option of living a lie. Drive the body with toxins. I don't know. He says children of the corn. And there's a bunch of them here. I think I got three more. I don't feel like reading them. Well, wait, I wrote a song, right? Okay. Uh, uh, before you were born, that was the movie Children of the Corn. Their <laughs> hair is ragged. It's really short. Yes, it's Children of the Corn. What else rhymes with corn? Uh, they have their hair corn? needs to be short. Yeah, worn. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a warn. It's the Children of the Corn. <laughs> yeah, that's very short. I uh, thought you were going to do like your Christmas song. You're going, Children Corn, Children Corn, Children Corn. Oh, Carl, Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Mike. You're yeah, the first wow. one to... Uh, Wish you a Merry Christmas this year. This year. Yeah, uh, you've done it episode after episode, so it's not the first time I've been wished, but it's the, you're the first person. I feel, well, Merry this word Christmas, more people should be wishing you a Merry Christmas. I wrote a Christmas you. carol for you. Oh, you wrote a Christmas carol? Yeah, How did it go? It goes, Christmas, 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 Christmas,
So now Job has saved uh, him from uh, from the, you know, he took him down to his dad's bomb shelter. Nobody's going to find you in here. Right. And so there's a first aid kit. I'll set you up. Right. Yeah. It's like John Wick's doctor shows up all of a sudden. Isn't, <laughs> isn't it funny? Like, there's look, always like, there's no cleavage there. She has no cleavage. That's they they didn't have the budget. budget. No right. budget. They had to give it to. To whom? In this Stephen movie. King. Oh, he got the movies? Stephen King is out. Well, yeah, okay. I think Night Shift also trucks the uh, turn into maximum overdrive. The stories from that book. Uh huh. Because you say like, man, they're taking a short story and they're dragging it out into a movie. But they do that all the time for Stephen King. I mean, that book alone had like several movies. Right. The, anything with Stephen King's name on it at a certain point, I guess after The Shining, was just like, okay, this is gold. We'll yeah, opt children, to book. Children of the Corn kind of turned that gold into like what cheese, but <laughs> right because that, that point is like turning... you don't need Stanley Kubrick. You don't need Stanley Kubrick to direct your movie. You could just fucking do it. You don't need Stephen King to write it, apparently either. Yeah, right. Okay, so right now, as a matter of fact, Hound Roach tried to get it that um, uh, the writer wasn't credited. It was just written by. Stephen King. He lost that argument. Huh. So now uh, Isaac, who's always shaming Malachi, Malachi's turning it on him, and everyone's against Isaac now, and they're even going to crucify him. Look at that. The kid's like an expert in like first aid. Every gunslinger, there's a woman in town who knows how to heal his wounds before the final battle. Right. In this case, it's a six-year-old girl. <laughs> I think you might have nailed it six, six or seven. Could she could be you nailed it. So there's no cleavage in this movie, but we see Peter Horton without his shirt, and the guy's pretty sexy. And we saw that 19-year-old. We saw some some you know young beefcake, I guess. Uh-huh. I didn't see he was very beefcakey, right? You could see his he, uh he kinda, and... Yeah, but he's like this hairy guy and uh the Nice build, and he's cutting a, a Satan uh, tentacle. Now, listen, in a movie, every scene flows from one to the other. That is broken here. He goes like, come out, Outlander, or we're going to kill your woman, right? But he's in the bomb shelter, doesn't hear it at all, and right. then they just take her right back to the cornfield again. So the well, scene is pointless. Well, there's two things about this scene. One, he cuts her really deeply and then puts his hand on the wounds but no one really gets hurt with these 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 cuts are like fast and loose in this movie right and yeah that won't be a scar also did you notice when they were driving away from the gas mechanic he's like what what's that whispering what's that noise yeah and meanwhile they're like damn it we just drove another 15 minutes and uh we're still lost and they cut back to him it's like two seconds have passed what is yeah, that noise that's right that was very badly done I got to get my shirt back on. Blood is well, a decorative. He's decor. going to go to the cornfield to find Vicky. See what I'm saying, though? The right, whole Vicky's point, in town. Listen, if you're in a movie and you're screaming out, trying to lure a guy out, one scene needs to lead to the other. That has to lead to a scene in which he gets the better of them or he does come out or... But they didn't do that. They just said, all right, he's not here. Let's bring her back to the cornfield. It didn't make any sense. Look at this guy. He's like, no big deal. 
Yeah. But could be taking him a little right now. Maybe you're right. Oh, they got Mordecai up there. Oh, no, Isaac up there. He returns, huh, in 666? Yeah, and he even co-wrote it with his cousin. Wow, it takes five sequels, uh, four sequels for it to catch up with them. Yeah, finally works. Let's see here. I don't have them all. Children of the Corn is 84, of course. Children of the Corn 2, the final sacrifice in 92. Right, that's crazy. That's so much time has passed. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest in 95. Urban, okay. 2009, a TV remake of the original film aired on Sci-Fi and Fox. October 23, 2022. No, 2020. A prequel to the 1984 film wow. and the 11th overall entry titled Children of the Corn 2020. Never heard of it. There was a company called Dimension Films, and they bought the rights to the name of Children of the Corn, and that's it. They made all those sequels. Are you talking about uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein's brother's uh, production? I house? don't know. I, I don't know. Because there was Miramax, and then they had like a B movie division called uh, Dimension Films. Dimension then, Films. Then, yeah. yeah. So, Bob, Children Bob, of the Bob. Corn 1 and 2 came out, and then they bought it, and they made. You know, nine more. He thinks his wife is being about to be torched up in, in a crucifixion, but it's actually Mordecai. So he's going to go over there, like, unhand my wife. And they're like, yeah, Mordecai had your wife in town hall about 10, 10 hours ago. Now, you see that machine there? Yeah. That's an irrigation machine. It pumps water into the field. Oh, yeah, I saw that in the Flintstones. Okay, so just remember that because we're going to be back to this irrigation machine, but it is going to be water. Uh, oh, it's corn alcohol, right? Ethanol, corn ethanol. Yeah. No, hey guys, I thought this was about me. I'm the one who carved a pentagram in my chest. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He stole his thunder. He stole his glory but he still has his chest out like it's just nicely gratuitous i think you're right at first i was like oh mike's doing it again just getting a... but no they obviously they got him as beefcake yeah those are all the campy performances all right i gotta take a leak i'll now be look, back right there you see oh, that there thing? it is it's the boy scouts that yeah, that underneath is a trench. What they have there is it's like they took a wheelbarrow and flipped it upside down, and then took off the wheels and put them on the bottom. Oh, and then they push it with it's on like tracks that the, the Boy Scouts dug a trench and they put like train tracks down there, and so they're pushing it along, and they also sort of like stuck dirt on it like a mound and like glued it on or something. So it's so, not Bugs Bunny getting lost on his way to Albuquerque. Right. But it sure looks like it, right? Yeah, it does. It looks like Bugs Looks like that gopher from uh, Kai Check. Uh-oh. So super red. This is like the cheapest special effects they got. That's right. And that, is, again, is uh, because they had like one point something million dollars. And then Stephen King took his cut and they had $850,000 $850, left. You see Whoa. how they, yeah, they made it pop up into the air. It's kind of nonsensical. Well, you know, popcorn. I'm sure, I believe. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, look, he's Vicky and he's 
fucking up Malachi. He punches a kid and he's like, you guys have so some shame. I'm an adult here. And now what he starts doing is like talking sense to them. He's like, you think this is God? I mean, God doesn't, you know, any religion that doesn't have love in it, right? It's false. You They're got all holding weapons. Getting scammed. All these kids, like, they've never seen, like, a weapon before. I got what, you mean the way they don't charge them? Yeah, they just hold it, like, I don't know what they're doing. Those are a it. bunch of uh, Iowa locals. So yeah. they're, he's, he's starting to make sense to them. Like, this isn't a real religion. Think about it. They're telling you to kill people. Something's amiss here. Something's afoot. But he doesn't say it like it's a uh, demon. Right. So look, Malachi tries to get tough and it's working, but then he overcomes Malachi and nobody's helping Malachi. Like things are going right. to flip now. I don't think they know who to believe. Right. Man, they're really fighting. It's a good fight. That was fake. Wow, that was fake. So Foul. what's my motivation? Feel this wind. Just- Feels just, ima- wind. just imagine Mordecai's your son. All right, and let's do it. Roll. I'm Mordecai's dad getting offended on the side of the thing. You're hitting my kid. You're Mike, my you're kid. crazy. You're crazy. This is a film. Oh, no. I mean, like, you get a good chance. To... <laughs> now, look, he doesn't kill Malachi, and everyone's like, oh. <gasps> He you mean you that on purpose? He just he like, yeah, I did that on purpose. Just yeah, missed. no, I, I meant to miss on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I meant to do that. Who throws a fucking knife at him with the attention to miss? Right? You know, there's always a chance you're gonna hit. In the trailer oh. for this movie, the first trailer, they misspelled Stephen King's name. Okay, here was supposed to be a bunch of special effects, and you see his skull, but they didn't have the budget. They just put out like, yeah. So they just did that. Also, he's supposed to behead Malachi and drag him by his feet into the corn, but they just couldn't afford it. So he just chokes him to death, breaks his collarbone. Yeah, yeah. They cheaped out, but we didn't notice because we didn't know. Stephen yeah. King was at the at the theater going, ah, ah, ah. right. He's he's lighting cigars with hundred dollar yeah. bills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he directed you, Maxim- Malachi. Maximum Overdrive was shortly thereafter. It was, you know, it went from like Carrie, Brian De Palma. It went to like 1980 to Shining. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, there's Salem's Lot. There was right. like all these. There's Creep Show where he worked with George Romero and he showed up at Night Riders. And George Romero. Like, there was, like, some kind of prestige to his films. And then there was a certain point where it was, like, whatever. Right. And then, like, Pet Cemetery brought it back for two seconds. It yeah, was more of quality, but that was just lucky. Um, it, was a good, it, was a, it was well-directed, that movie. But, yeah, you're right. Like, the, but, you know, Stephen King, like, he, he either... He just he became a money his, machine. He remakes his own stuff. I'm making my own Shining. Fuck you guys. <laughs> or... Uh, None of the stories are interesting, or they just keep cranking them out. I don't know. I guess yeah. the, the moment has passed, but it was a big deal. Yes. It was a huge industry of his films. Okay, so now they're figuring out that what the preacher was going to do, he was he, he reads a quote from Revelation. 
like way back in 80, when it first happened, the preacher was reading a quote and they realized it's like the lake of fire. So they're going to burn the cornfield. That's what the guy was going to do. They figure out. So they'll do it too. And now I think they should use the movie fart and it's lit with the lighter that was gifted to him. Yeah. Right. He's going to burn it down with the lighter he got. How, but I don't he doesn't. He does a Malatov cocktail. Now he does light it with the lighter, but there's no pomp and ceremony to it. Nobody knows, you know, you miss that it's the lighter he was gifted. Well, that's good. It's subtle filmmaking. Very Mike, subtle. You're crazy, Mike. You're crazy. You just want to contradict me. That's good. I, it's it's good, good. Subtle it's filmmaking. Good. Yeah. It's good that's that right. nobody saw the lighter was the gift. It's good that nobody good saw they the spent picture. 10 minutes. It's good that no one found the irony of a doctor having a cigarette right. lighter. This you is should I'm a just doctor. be bored. Because you don't put a guy on a crucifix, health. he could get hurt. So just have a boring film at which everybody stands safe. No, it looked like they did a fine job making sure she wasn't hurt. Oh, there's the <laughs> asinol you were talking about. Right. This is asinol. And if you've ever lit your fart on fire before, you know that asinol is very expensive. <laughs> it burn your jeans. You're singeing your hair. Okay. First, they got to find the right connector. Hurry up. The wind is blowing. The wind yeah. is blowing. So what's happening is the demon's like now mad at everybody. You know, this guy came along and turned them all against him. So he's going to like have his wrath and pretty much kill everybody. So instead, so he goes, give me a rag. And he rips up and she, he goes, hey, that's not a rag. You know, he's all mad that they yeah, ripped yeah. his jacket. That was his clean jet vest in the beginning right. of the movie, like three and years And for ago. the rest of the film, he'll leave it on. Just one arm. So straight. <laughs> like Flintstones. Like so when they, when they killed all the parents, they just said, fuck it. They, they dressed up, and he still returns to those clothes. Yeah. Like they, were, they were dressing up. So they're taking the the line of ethanol, of acinol, to the irrigation machine. So instead of water, it's going to squirt acinol all over the cornfield. Oh, man, Cary Grant should have done that North by Northwest. Would have saved the scene. Now, look. Oh, no, look. The corn comes alive. It is supernatural after all. Right, and this is the only time anything like this will happen in the film. That happens so many times in this film. One-trick ponies. And they're doing the Evil Dead too, where all the, all the things come alive. Now, who should save him? But Job comes along and like sickles him out. Oh, good thing I have my Boy Scout knife. Right. Yeah, he doesn't sickle him out. He like pocket knifes him out. But it's very effective. Job has saved him. So now Job becomes with his one vest over his shoulder. He becomes his little partner. Right. Oh, yeah. A little uh, adventure boy. Okay. This film's budget was originally $1.3 million, but according to the director, Stephen King demanded more payment in advance, a half a million dollars. That brought them down to $800 million, but they would go on to make 14.6. Right. Enough for it to, to last. Well, it's a cultural icon, right? There's always a short, short, uh, shorthand when you say children of the corn. Yeah. So now the kid knows how to work it because it was his father's stuff. So he's telling him how to do it. Hit the button on the top. Crank it. Crank, crank it, it, you dumb adult. 
And then take me out for a milkshake. Right. Here comes the demon. Oh, my God. What the hell is that? It's like, they're painting on the cell of the movie. Right. They're, that's right. They just had regular smoke, but they highlighted it with orange, and it was just painted on. All right, here we go. Here comes the acinols flowing. Corn has many different purposes. Like, it's yeah. not just eating. You can right. use it to burn shit. You get burned. Oh, before oh, no. he gets us, we're going to get him. Throw he the flip-off like... cocktail. All right, light it with your lighter. Right. He, it will be the gifted lighter. But he should light the whole thing and say, honey, thank you for my gift. And then light the whole thing with this lighter. They call me Dr. Arson. Right. Okay, to light the Molotov cocktail, he throws it, but he misthrows it. And Job says, you idiot! You idiot adult! So Job runs out there to go get it. No, don't! Why? You already fucked it up, didn't you? Oh! Uh, Bugs Bunny. Look how good it is. I know, it's kind of, it's a nice approach because this whole time it's like, well, these kids are psycho. They're they're crazy. There's a preacher, a kid preacher, and then it's like, yeah, and there's supernatural elements, and but there is like, a demon. It's yeah, it's kind of weird because the demon is more than they're making him a, like a physical thing all of a sudden. Remember how before he they, he controlled dreams and right. he okay, so throw it, you dumb adults. So he throws it, and this time it hits, and everything burns. Wow. That's kind of fun to shoot. Don't you think it would have been better if he, like, missed the Molotov cocktail just like that? So he used his lighter. He risked his life to go right. where the gas was. And Bart. Thank you for my gift, Bert. No, Bert. I'm pretending to be scared. I'm acting unscared, adult. Look, she did never get a lighter. The, the wound is healed up. That face long scrape. Now you see there her her cleavage. Uh huh. They didn't have enough budget to give. So her they couldn't afford to, uh, a cleavage because because Stephen King took a lar- half a million dollars out of her cleavage. Okay, this it's ending now. All right, it, this will kill you. the demon. I don't know why. Five I don't believe you. <laughs> Seems this pretty. Movie busy. never ends. There's eleven sequels. This movie won't end. So I guess like the cornfield was the source of the evil. Look, it's it's, it's oh yeah, it's they're painting the cell. Yeah, look, there's his face. I'm cranky. Zip 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 zip. Now he goes down to hell. You've beaten him. My God, they do that special effect at the end of the movie, so you can't ask for a refund. Now, when the movie ended. The director said, no, no, it's not good enough. We need one more scare, one more scare. And that's how this scene was born, never written by either Steve, Stephen King or oh, There's a dead body in the trunk. They, they forgot all about it. They're not even going to mention it in this scene. There's shit in their trunk, and they're like, we're, we're going to start the car anyway, right? No, they're like, well, our car's all fucked up. We're going to have to walk. So then he's like, get the map. So he goes in there to get the map. Now, I expected 
Well, I'll just wait a couple seconds. Yeah. Oh, well, this movie's not going to end. You could go ahead. <laughs> All right. There's going to be another scare, and then it's like we're going to walk 20 miles to Herberbergsburg. And what do we do with the kids? They're like, I guess we'll keep them for now. So, like, we'll keep them for a day. No, we'll keep uh, them for a week. These kids are so cute. They just went through the biggest trauma in my lifetime. Right. Like, yeah. Everything's fine with this one jacket. One jacket. Yeah. Best. Weird. So he's like, I expected the film to go, listen, why don't we just keep them forever? If you'll marry me, you know, that would have been a nice wrap up to the film. But no. She said, if you give up being your dreams of being a doctor. Oh, it's Rebecca. Last scare with the sickle, just like Ooh, the poster. Children, like the poster. Oh. And she misses after all that. He went in the car to, to get some Tic Tacs, right? Oh, how cold. That's At all it took. They a map. They did have, a, they had big red Wrigley's gum. <laughs> It's going to be a long walk. We better get some Wrigley's. Well, this is like, we have two minutes before this movie ends. Just hit her with a car door and she'll go, she'll pass out immediately. Right. The end. There's no music playing, by the way. Their oh, music will the play. At first, they start the credits without music. It's weird. Okay, great. The end. Carl, what do you think of this movie? Um, I think it was okay for the budget they had. I think that I think that they did a lot of weird things, though. I don't know. I didn't hate it. And I saw it as a kid, and he goes, they want, he wants you, Malachi. I was freaked out, I guess, as a high schooler. But that really scared me. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, a, I mean, I've heard so much about it. It was fine. It was a lot of stuff crammed in there. Yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, for, for a story published in a 1977 Hustler, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our Stephen King adaptation movie. Uh, probably the first for us after five years of doing I this. I think, yes. Yeah. And uh, there's maybe we could do Children of the Corn 2, Children of the Corn 3, Children of the Corn 4, Children of the Corn 5, Mike, Children of the Corn 666. Mike, don't. 666. Oh, my God. Children of the Corn. We're done with this franchise. All right. No more Children of the Corn, but we will be back next Sunday here on Mutiny Radio. We'll be airing first at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Make a habit of it. Check out what's really happening before us at noon next week. And we'll be posting this on YouTube. We'll be posting this uh, as a podcast. And we'll be back next week. Next week's movie, Carl. Yes. Running Out of Luck. From 1987. Of luck. Another 80s movie. Is there a trailer? Yeah, I believe so. Let me go ahead and uh, check here. Where's my phone here? Where's my PlayStation controller? Okay, so running out of luck. The less I say about it, the better. That's all I'm going to say. I'm trying not to say anything about this Trailer, running out of luck, 1987. Okay. It's Mick Jagger. Oh, oh, did I mention that? No, I guess I did. Um. Okay, there's English German trailer. Oh, well, you know German, right? So you could help us. In in college, I took two years of German. I do not know German. I always okay, thought so your family spoke German. That you're just my father. Years. When my father was in his forties, he discovered that he was German, so he learned. <laughs> You know, like he, he always knew he's German, but he finally cared. 
and so he started learning German and he did become fluent. Okay, so it's two hours and six minutes, Mike. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. An hour and a half. Okay, so we're going to use VHS Trailer Park. Okay, I got to get um, to it. Oh, I see it, right. Okay, so we're going to watch the trailer. I'm going to blast it as loud as I can. This is Mick Jagger in Running Out of Time. Uh, running out, running of out, luck. out of Luck. Running Out of Luck trailer. And then parentheses 1987 English. Trailer, VHS Trailer Park. Is our is, channel. Is our channel. Uh, let's do the countdown in three, two, one. Go. Oh, I have a second. Turn. I'm Matt McJagger. Uh, Mickey. Mickey Jagiero. Mickey. Uh, very famous rock star. I'm Mickey Jagger. What are you? Mick Jagger is the driver. Hey. It's German. I'm drunk. Jerry Hall is Stinksola. Oh, Tommy Chong's daughter. Yeah. Oh, this song. This is his solo record. I guess he celebrated with the full length movie. Yeah. Das ist nur auf Video. All right, I'm losing interest. Oh, I lost interest. Oh, yeah, you don't have to watch it four times. Oh, yeah, no, I can't even watch the trailer. Yeah, let's do the switcheroo. All right, I'm happy to do switcheroo. No, no, that's not going to serve our audience well. Well, we're still watching the trailer. This is Running Out of Luck with Mick Jagger. It's directed by the great Julian Temple. This is probably not in a great category, but uh, it, it went directly, to, it, it, it popped up. A few years ago, and actually KQED had a great article about it uh, from 2017. So this is kind of a rediscovered cult movie. It went straight to video. It's a full-length movie with Mick Jagger playing himself. And we'll be watching that next week with you. Carl, thank you so much uh, for researching, watching uh, Children of the Corn for four times and doing all the research and writing the music and producing the uh, community countdown. It's uh, just fantastic. Grassy ass. Yeah. Uh, grassy ass. And with grassy ass to our audience for being here and for subscribing and maybe giving money to Media Radio, but we love when you subscribe and not listen. We just love the numbers. So keep it up. Uh, and we'll be back next week. So we'll see you then. Bye. Everybody.
I'm glad you're here that we can enjoy the beauty together, right? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Uh, this week on Bug House Square, I've got um. What is a vigilante man? I'm looking around here. I got a. Tell me what. I got a bunch of good records. Got some new contributors. I uh, got a good feeling. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government, and it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. 